Welcome everybody to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. We got the whole crew with us this week. I'm Jordan Hill. With me this week is Kip Adams and Rusty Manzel. Got the whole group getting ready for what looks like a big week for Georgia as far as recruiting and also getting close to sort of the end of the summer. Uh, let's start with Rusty. Just how's uh, this day treating you as we look at the calendar? Heck, this may be our last podcast in the month of July. It's crazy how quick things go. Um, in my world, this is allowed until February. Uh, the high school scrimmages start next Friday night, which is crazy, August the 5th. And uh, so it's it's go time. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Let's sit back and think how fast things go. But here we are again. This is really the last weekend without it. And from here on out, every weekend will be high school football, eventually college and NFL start. So it's a good time of year. Kip, how about you? How's this Thursday morning treating you? Uh, treat me pretty well so far. I'm ready, man. I think uh, you know, Georgia having their recruiting uh, cookout and last camp again is big, but uh, I'm pretty excited for fall camp. I think this is going to be really intriguing. Obviously, we've never covered a, you know, a, a camp coming off a national championship before, and it's just going to be interesting to see how a lot of these guys handle it. And I know fans always want to see kind of the the new faces and, and, and see what, you know, the incoming class looks like. But for me, it's it's about, you know, some of the guys coming back after having won it all. You know, how do they handle that? And I just kind of want to see that. And the fact that we're basically a week away from from being able to, to check that out and, and, and see how they look is – is uh kind of crazy i think uh the summer's gone by uh you know maybe a degree or two cooler outside some days you know and i, I just think you know ready for the season it's going to be really interesting to see how this season goes i think it's just one of those more unpredictable uh college football seasons in, in the last couple of years no doubt and yet kip you, you get up quite, uh, just early enough outside you can maybe get a hint of fall weather it doesn't last long but you can kind of feel a little bit of that maybe right around the corner hopefully uh, sooner rather than later uh, well let's jump in and talk about what's been the big news so far this week as far as recruiting georgia picks up its 18th commitment yazid haynes uh, wide receiver three star from pennsylvania uh, uh, you know, that is Georgia's 18th commit in the 2023 class. As of right now, that puts Georgia at third nationally. We've talked a lot, and Rusty, you've hit on it quite a bit, how important receiver was in this class. Uh, just tell us about Yazid Haynes, uh, you know, what you know about him, what stood out, and, and what it looks like Georgia's getting and adding him to this class. The first time I heard about him was a couple of months ago. He came down and worked out with some some guys in Georgia and, and started coming down a couple of times a week, actually working out at North Cobb high school, working out at what they call the bubble in Atlanta with Terrence Edwards and some guys. And they kind of mentioned, Hey, this is kid from Philly. He's been coming down and working out. It's a really good player. And, you know, it's kind of out of my, my footprint, you know, to cover uh, at that time, didn't have a Georgia offer. So, you know, but I did hear of him and it says a lot about him to come down here and want to compete with, with the kids here. And, uh, you know, when I knew it was serious, I think Temple had a uh, one-day uh, one camp, and he was committed to Penn State, and we didn't really put this out here, but uh, I think Fran Brown and Brian McClendon both went up to Philly and attended the Temple camp where he was at and had a chance to watch him work out. Uh, Georgia offered him after seeing him working out, and things really 
uh, got moving pretty quickly after that. We started hearing some noise. Uh, I think he was, I would say, well, I guess it kind of was a secret visit. He was in Athens. I don't think it ever got out till a little bit later. Penn State kind of found out about it and, and one of those deals. I think, I think Penn State realized that Georgia was a big, obviously, in the news kind of this week. Uh, once he decommitted, all, all roads were leading that he was going to commit to Georgia at any time sooner than later. I thought it probably happened this week weekend did he make it to the weekend you know georgia did their homework there i've always said one thing that brian mcclendon is looking to add speed they're trying to get more speed in that room and work him out they've got a chance to see him in person they got a chance to visit with him and had him on campus so i think they felt very comfortable and i think they're very excited to have him Six one one seventy. You know, shout out again to Fran Brown, who has done a good job, especially recruiting around Philly and and in the Northeast. Some of the guys they've been after, and uh, I think it's kind of you know funny. I'm sure this wasn't the way it was necessarily planned. That's two Penn State commits that Georgia has flipped now with Joshua Miller, one of the offensive linemen as well. Uh, Kip, your thoughts on what you've seen of Haynes, uh, what you think he adds to this class, and just even just generally where this class sits right now. Uh, like we said, it's almost August, and Georgia has the third overall class in the 2023 cycle. Yeah, I mean, right now you look at Haynes, and I mean, he is raw. Uh, you know, there's a there's a lot he still has to to work on. Uh, you know, to become a more complete receiver, but at the same time, he brings a lot for Brian McClendon to work with. I think that's that's kind of what you want to look for when you're trying to add multiple receivers in the class. You want some guys that definitely have some upside and he's got athleticism. He's got speed. Uh, I think that ability to separate and be a threat down the field is something that Georgia continues to look for in its pass catcher room. It's something that, you know, that they really value, but really haven't been able to consistently put on the field. And, you know, look at a guy like Arian Smith. That's a guy that he's on the field, Georgia's offense looks different. You know, it was one of the most explosive offenses in the country last year. But you, you add a guy like that in, in Haynes, and, and, you know, he's a guy who, as a reliable pass catcher, uh, and, you know, once he becomes that, uh, he adds a dynamic to Georgia's offense that they really need. I think that'll really allow him to elevate his game. So, again, the, the bottom line is there's a lot to work with, and, Brian McClendon has a couple of wideouts in this cycle. We know he wants to add at least two more. And so now, you know, he, he can focus on his other guys. And, you know, whether that's Hakeem Williams uh, from Stranahan in, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, or Anthony Edwards in Texas, or a guy that's visiting uh, this weekend in Tyler Williams, you know, he, he can now kind of, you know, hone his focus in and try to build, you know, build that first wide receivers class. He's able to land two, uh, at least two of the three of those guys. That's an outstanding first wide receiver class. And uh, Rusty's mentioned it before. I mean, the the wide receiver numbers. It's been you know it's been used against him this cycle. You know, not putting up huge numbers, and yet Brian McClendon has a chance to to really build a strong wide receiver group. It's just about kind of you know closing the deal on a couple of those guys. But he's got the foundation. And now he's able to you know, work on those top targets to try to finish out that wide receiver class. Haynes becomes the second receiver commit along with Raymond Cottrell. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, this weekend. And let's jump into that a little bit. You know, with the cookout coming up, with uh, we've seen several different players, uh, recruits, I should say, announcing they're going to be in Athens and going to be back this weekend. I'll start with you, Rusty. Just what is the importance of this upcoming weekend with, 
uh, some of these prospects coming back to Athens and just sort of what you expect to, to see and hear uh, out of what Georgia does this weekend. Well, you're coming off basically a six-week dead period, you know, ending up June, that last week of June, and you get the what, four weeks of July. So you kind of – and then all of a sudden you go back to dead week in August, and then Georgia opens up with Oregon, so they're not going to host there. So it's going to be, you know, what, second week in September before they're able to host prospects again. So you're looking at another six, seven weeks. So it's important to kind of, uh, you know – Put your put your best foot forward, so to speak. Again, um, you got these guys on campus. It kind of uh, it's the end of the summer, kind of to get some momentum there. A guy I look at Monroe Freeling, who is at Alabama, I believe today, and comes over tomorrow and spends Friday and Saturday at Georgia's offensive tackle out of Charleston. Huge, huge target for Georgia. Six foot seven prospect. Um, you know, I think top one hundred across the board, no matter what service you're looking at, and. You know, a guy to have a guy like that on campus for two days with his family again uh, is, is extremely important. So, you know, they're going to have some key guys, but you know, this is—it's not really an official visit type weekend. You know, these are the the one day deals. Will come in, spend some time. They got a lot of twenty fours on campus this weekend. They'll have some guys. Jaden Davis, one of the top quarterbacks in the country for the twenty twenty four class of the Charlotte area, he'll be back on campus tomorrow. Uh, then he takes a visit up to Michigan. I was at Buford last night watching practice, and K.J. Bolden, uh, five-star, number one rated athlete in the country for 2024. King Joseph, also uh, a defensive end there from Buford. I was interested. I was talking to those guys. I said, you know, what's, oh, by the way, they had five days of practice week. I said, what's your plans for this weekend, you know? And they were like, yeah, we're going to Georgia Friday, and then uh, we're going to Michigan and Michigan State Saturday. And I was like, I mean, that's a, I mean, that kind of tells you where we are in this world of recruiting. You know, uh, they're going to, to th those three schools in basically 36 hours. So uh, you look at those types of things, it's kind of a last hoorah to end the summer cycle. Um, I'm not expecting a ton of, uh, of news, but this is kind of one of those weekends where you really make some hay and, and it may pay off down in, in, into the fall. Kip, any additional thoughts just on this weekend, what we might see, what we might hear when it's all said and done? Like I mentioned, with Tyler Williams out of Lakeland High School, as of now, he plans to announce in September, I believe, September 27th. And he's already taken four official visits. You know, Georgia got him on campus June 10th. And get him on campus one more time. You're not sure how many more times you're going to get him on campus before he visits. You know, obviously, maybe a, a game there in September for Georgia would probably be something they would try to work on. But you know, you got Texas A&M in there fighting. Obviously, Clemson and South Carolina got him on campus as well. That's a top wide receiver target that, you know, might be a little underrated by the recruiting services. Just a guy that's 6'3", 180 pounds that can kind of do it all at the wide receiver position. I think uh, he's, uh, you know, played quarterback earlier in his, his prep career and now full-time wide receiver, legit basketball prospect as well. That's just one of those guys that you, you really want to have for Georgia. and. If we're talking about just top guys visiting this week, it, you could argue that the top guys already visited this week, and, and that's Jordan Hall out of Jacksonville, Florida, uh, in Athens earlier this week. Uh, and he's a guy that's 6'5", 300 pounds. Rusty's already, you know, stood on the table for him as a guy that could be, you know, the number one defensive lineman in this class when all is said and done. And, and you know, that's a guy George has been in on throughout the cycle. We've mentioned him multiple times on the podcast. He's a huge target, but his recruitment doesn't seem like it's, you know, close to being over at all. You know, hasn't taken any official visits. Probably going to go all the way till signing day. Uh, one of those guys that, 
you know, may not even take official visits during the season, but getting them on campus again, that's good news for Georgia anytime you can do that. And that's definitely a guy that Trey Scott wants to have in this class because uh, the, the talent is there, uh, that 84-inch wingspan, you know, almost 11-inch hands. He has all the measurements you're looking for on the defensive line, and, and Georgia's obviously got uh, some spots to fill there at that position in this class. We're going to take a break here in a second and come back and talk about fall camp starting next week. But I want to make sure, shout out to everybody who's watching us on Facebook Live right now. I want to recommend everybody watching, make sure to go to YouTube, subscribe to the Dogs247 channel. If you look in our comments, there is a link where you can go and do that. Uh, so again, appreciate you guys watching and tuning in. Uh, so we'll go to a break and come back and talk about what's going to be a, a big week next week with fall camp getting underway. Welcome back, everybody. Well, yeah, next, uh, a week from today, we will be uh, right around noon. We're going to have a chance to talk to Kirby Smart and some of the players. Players are going to report on Wednesday, and then Thursday, August 4th, is going to be the start of fall camp for Georgia. Uh, going to be a little bit less than a month before Georgia takes on Oregon uh, in Atlanta to kick off the 2022 season. I want to start with you, Kip, with what we have coming up with fall camp. Uh, what intrigues you the most, whether it's a player or a storyline or, or anything of that matter, uh, when it comes to this fall camp, what you're looking for or what really uh, intrigues you the most? I want to see where uh, Taylor Ratledge is, you know, where he is in his, his rehab and his return to play, because that was a guy that was expected to, you know, start of the season and, uh, you know, tough injury right there, right at the beginning of the season. And he was a guy that, again, had impressed everyone in fall camp, uh, kind of ran away with the job there, and was expected to really be a star at that guard position. And now you're kind of looking to see what what you got at left guard and right guard. And I think, you know, that's going to be the first question. Uh, where's Tate Ravage? That's probably going to have a lot to say with, you know, what the pecking order at those guard positions. No, it's not maybe, you know, the – the most glamorous position when we're talking about things we're looking for for fall camp. But I think it's going to be really important for Georgia, that offensive line, you know what you got at the tackle position, you know, what you got at center. Uh, you really want to see what you have at the guard position. They're probably going to have a lots of different lineups. They're going to try out there. And I think it, it all begins with Tate. And if he's able to, you know, re return from that injury and get back, you know, close to where he was last year, then I think Georgia, is going to have a really, really strong offensive line. You know, they already do, but I think, you know, this could be one of the better offensive lines in the country if he's a guy that can get back in there and, and get back to that form that, that he showed early on last season. Yeah, I had a chance to write a story about Tate this morning going back from last week, media days. Cedric Van Pran had a lot of good things to say about what he's seen. You know, I think he called him a freak of nature, just how he's come back. From what you know, we've talked about, I think, on this podcast a few times, it was a really difficult injury. And, and Kip, you hit on Tate. And to me, the two people I really want to watch are Tate Ratledge, like you just said, went into detail about him, and Tyke Smith. I mean, that was a guy that when Georgia got him last year, uh, you know, it was a big deal. He had gotten a few All-American honors, I think pro football focus rivals as well, while he was at West Virginia in 2020, and just you know, really couldn't stay healthy last year, had a foot injury that slowed him down to start the year, plays against Auburn, then winds up tearing his ACL after that. He's a guy that I feel like if he's healthy, you know, really factors into that safety spot uh, that's open after lo losing Lewis Seen. 
so I, I think it's a big opportunity with Taiki coming back. Uh, and, and those are two guys that if they're healthy and if they're able to go this fall, um, you know, I think they really could wind up being starters when we get to that Oregon game. Uh, Rusty, I'll throw it to you as far as fall camp. What are you looking for? You know, what, what kind of stands out to you as things you want to see over these practices as we get closer and closer to September 3rd? Well, you obviously want to see, I, I want to see Kendall Milton. You know, it, we obviously know he was a highly recruited player coming out of high school and he's kind of waited his turn. He's been a little bit banged up at times at Georgia. And, you know, I was watching a little bit of something on SEC Network last night and it was a 60 minute show on Georgia. And he made a couple of runs last year and you kind of forget like, hey, this guy's got a little more wiggle than you think in a big body type player. So, you know, how is Kendall Milton? Can he hold up? Can he stay healthy? And, and how, you know, how valuable would he be? Uh, obviously, Georgia's going to count on him a lot uh, coming in this season. Uh, losing James Cook and Zamir White. And, you know, I think a guy that I think coming back for this year, I think Karis Jackson, I think it's you know, he has a lot more, I think, potential than he has been shown. And I think he's going to get more touches. Uh, this is a this is a guy that's a, a captain. You know, it's a senior guy that's kind of a leader in this locker room as well. And uh, he can run. He's got some ball skills. And, uh, you know, it kind of reminded me last night that catch he made against Florida late in the, uh, late in the first half. Uh, we put his foot down, body control, those types of things. So I think Karis Jackson not only can block because he's strong. Uh, you know, the kid was a 100-meter state champ. I think he was a shot put state champ. You don't see that too much in a, in a skilled player wide receiver coming out of Peach County. So I think Karis Jackson's a guy that is probably going to take a, a bigger step than people really might be talking about. And uh, Kendall Milton, two, two uh, I would say, veterans. Uh, that I, I think are going to take steps forward for this Georgia on the offensive side of the ball. I really like you pointing out Kyrus because I think back to the spring, you know, he had a good G day and we talked to him afterwards and it just really struck me. I mean, he was very honest and feeling like, you know, I think the quote he gave us was, I have not been the Kyrus Jackson I can be while at Georgia. You know, he's had moments. He, he was, I yeah. think, uh, one of the leading receivers in 2020 and then dealt with injuries. Uh, had that surgery before last season. So I think that's a good pick. I mean, I think he's a guy with a lot of potential. And, and, and again, in a receiver room that I feel like they've got a lot of options, it's just not quite clear enough yet who is going to emerge. I think Harris is a great pick there. Thank you. I'm trying to think of who else we should kind of hit on. And the thing that I uh, was struck by, and Rusty, if you want to talk a little bit about this, a note you had, one of the freshmen, Michael Williams, who obviously was a big deal uh, yeah. when he signed, obviously a five-star. Just what have you heard about him? What has sort of stood out uh, as he is among those freshmen that we're going to keep a really close eye on once we get into camp? Just high, high effort guy, high energy, um, you know, already kind of. Now, it's kind of, you know, it's player-led stuff in the summer, so you really have to kind of gather intel, you know, what you can do. But, you know, here's a guy that everybody compared to Trayvon Walker and you kind of, I kind of wanted to, I, I never really want to do that, but it was really hard not to man with his frame and athleticism. Now I'm not saying that Michael Williams is going to be a first rounder, but I spent a week with him in Texas and I'm telling you right now, he may have been the best player in Texas, the all American bowl. And he was hell on wheels every single day. And he was more explosive than I thought he was. And the, being able to rush the passer with your hand down from a five technique, you see how valuable that is because Trayvon Walker just got almost $40 million for being able to do that. So, um, you know, can Michael 
start early? He probably won't start. But can he help Georgia? Yes, he can. And, you know, it took Jordan Davis basically to that Florida game, past that bye week in his freshman year, to really find his role and to help Georgia that second half of his freshman year. I think Michael Williams is going to play some. But this second half of his freshman year, if he stays healthy, I can definitely see Michael Williams playing what I call meaningful minutes and helping Georgia. And I think he is going to live up to every bit of the hype he's got before his Georgia career is over. I think Michael Williams, the sky is unlimited for him right now. Yeah, it really struck me. I think it was the very first day of spring practice uh, that Kirby was asked about Michael. And, you know, Kirby made it a point to say, you know, he doesn't have to be Trayvon Walker because, again, I mean, that's the comparison he gets with what he brings to the table. But, you know, heard nothing but good things from from uh, Coach Smart as well as the players of how Michael handled the spring. And obviously he's a guy that, again, at that defensive end position, if that's where they wind up putting him, it seems like he's got an opportunity, uh, like you said, to play meaningful minutes once we get into the season. Uh, before we wrap this up and we can kind of each go along uh, with this, uh, just what, what do you think is the biggest objective for Georgia going into this fall camp and what, where they want to be uh, as they get ready for September 3rd? I'll kind of just start and and just say generally it's just seeing guys step up. You know, we heard a lot about Jamon Dumas-Johnson little bit about Kamari Lassiter, some of those guys that are going to be expected to play these big roles. Obviously, there's two competitions, at least maybe even three, if you count both guard spots, um, that we feel like are really still going on and are you know truly up for grabs going into fall camp. But you know, I want to hear more from some of these veterans like a Nolan Smith, even Stetson Bennett at quarterback, what they're seeing from these younger guys, these guys that are expected to step up into bigger roles. Uh, to me, I think that's the biggest thing I want to get as far as hearing from the players, hearing from Coach Smart, uh, as far as what we get out of fall camp. Uh, Kip, what are you looking for? What are you wanting to hear uh, by the time these fall camp, uh, this fall camp has ended, by the time these practices are in the books, and by the time we're headed to Atlanta to go cover uh, another season opener? Looking forward to hearing uh, absolutely nothing about the quarterback battle. I'm looking forward to hearing that Stetson is clearly the best quarterback on the roster and uh, the quarterback that is best prepared to, to lead Georgia back to the college football playoff. I think, you know, that's that's that narrative that gets thrown around. Everyone's wanting to see when, you know, Gunnar Stockton's going to get in the game, when Brock Vandergriff's going to get in the game. Is this the year Carson Beck takes the next step? Uh, maybe this is the year that, you know, Stetson Bennett takes the next step. And we've said that all offseason about this being the first time he's QB1 heading into the offseason, the first time he's had the whole offseason to be QB1 with Todd Monken. What does that mean? What does that mean for Todd Monken? What does that offense look like when you know who your starting quarterback is going to be? You don't have to adjust. You don't have to adapt to a different guy starting when the season began. You know Stetson is your guy. Show us what that means. And for Stetson, I mean, again, the, his storyline continues to be echoed over and over again about silencing doubters and, and you know, uh, being counted out, not being a top five quarterback when we're at the SEC media days. Uh, you know, this is his opportunity. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to necessarily worry about the, the other quarterbacks on the roster, but at the same time, when we saw in 2019 when Jake Fromm didn't have to worry about that, you know, uh, it wasn't exactly his best season either. Can Stetson Bennett handle that? 
you know, not knowing that it's not necessarily a competition, even though Kirby Smart will tell you guys next week that he's got a competition. He's got to earn the starting job. But at the same time, you know, uh, if he knows there's not someone directly over his shoulder pushing him for QB1, is he going to continue to push himself to become a better quarterback in fall camp? Because they're going to need him to be a better quarterback this season. Everyone says it. They're going to ask more of Stetson Bennett this season. He's going to have to, you know, not throw 14 passes a game, most likely to, you know, maybe not necessarily for Georgia to get to the uh, back to Atlanta, but for Georgia to return to the college football playoff and be a legitimate contender, he's probably going to have to do more than he did last season. So that's something you want to see some strides in fall camp. You want to see, is the offense, you know, able to, uh, you know, get some wins against that defense? Because, you know, usually defense is ahead when fall camp starts, but, you know, they got a lot of weapons on offense. They got a lot of guys returning back. So is this going to be that offense? Not that fans are looking for, but the, you know, necessarily just uh, a, a offense that throws 40 times a game, but an offense that you clearly know Stetson Bennett is the leader of this offense not just a game manager, but a guy that makes plays with his legs, but also with his arm. Yeah, I wish uh, while we were in Atlanta for media days, I had a dollar for every time said someone's asked about, you know, silencing the critics or, you know, being overlooked. Because, man, when they were in that scrum and people were around him, I feel like that was every other question. And kudos to Stetson, because I truly feel like he handled it better than I would have sitting there in that seat. Uh, before we get out of here, Rusty, any additional thoughts on fall camp? Anything you want to see? Any just parting shots when it comes to this camp coming up? Let me say, first off, I completely agree with Kip there uh, on the quarterback spot. So you want Stetson Bennett to be the guy. Now, on the flip side of that, the quarterback, I want to see if Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff can separate. You know, so my thought is fall camp is the time to get reps because can – Carson Beck solidify the number two spot. Will Brock Vandergriff make a move right here in these scrimmages? Because we all know once you get into the season, everything gets cut down. Number three barely gets any reps. And in fact, you heard Stetson Bennett talk about at the end of fall camp last year, he went to Todd Munkin and said, look, I'm not getting any reps. Well, he was number three at the end of fall camp. And we kind of know how that thing played out. But, you know, it's, it's you, you assume this is Stetson Bennett's team and he's going to take that step and he should take that step. He's been through every situation now. I want to see can Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff, can either one of those guys separate from each other and can somebody take the clear hold of number two? Because there's going to be some decisions to make in December. I mean, in my opinion, and I'm not trying to start remembering my opinion, somebody's going to make a decision in December. Like, hey, I know I'm three and – this guy's been two for a while, or I beat this guy out. You know, maybe I'm not, maybe it's not the spot for me. So uh, I want to see if who, who kind of comes out of fall camp and kind of who's the guy right now behind Stetson Bennett. So you want to think that Stetson Bennett's the guy, but on the other half, can somebody make a move? And where is Gunnar Stockton in all this after he's had a pretty good summer? Um, you know, and, and I made that note the other day on, on the message board, but uh, right now he's still about clearly behind these two guys who have a good head start on him. But you know, where is the quarterback play? Who is going to separate? Who is going to be that number two guy at the end of about four weeks of practice? And how does that carry over into the season? And what does that mean in December? 
Yeah, that's the nature of playing quarterback now as far as there's going to be a carousel, and at some point, you know, sure. it's going to stop and someone's going to decide that they may want to go elsewhere. That's just sort of what quarterback is in 2022. Um, so on that note, we're going to wrap this thing up. Appreciate Rusty and Kip popping on with us. I appreciate everybody watching. Appreciate all you guys watching on Facebook. Again, be sure to go subscribe to the Dogs247 YouTube channel. There's a link there in the comments if you want to take a look at that. Uh, but we'll get out of here on that. Appreciate everybody watching. Be sure to keep an eye out because uh, fall camp's right around the corner. I know all three of us have all kinds of stories and content coming down the pipe. And we'll get you guys ready for camp because uh, it's going to be here before you know it. Uh, so we'll get out of here on that. Appreciate everybody watching. Until next time, take care. Good.